Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vadwani Viewpoint podcast. My name is Manali Shah and today's conversation is going to be all about startups. Joining us is Ratan Kumar, the founder and CEO of Encamp Adventures. Encamp Adventures offers fun and sustainable travel experiences across the northeast of India. Ratan, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Manali. Thank you for this uh, opportunity. It feels uh, really great for a northeastern startup to be speaking to someone at the Vadwani Foundation. I have been a part of uh, uh, very few uh, such uh, podcasts and really appreciate uh, this opportunity given to us by you. It's our pleasure. Why don't we start off by you talking a little bit about yourself and Encamp Adventures. All right. So I am Ratan Kumar. I started in the year 2018 and uh, at Encamp, our vision is to make uh, travel a hassle-free and a carbon negative activity. And uh, so we are doing this by building a digital travel assistant that helps uh, travelers plan their end-to-end itinerary. And while we do that, uh, the carbon footprint calculator automatically you know, measures the entire carbon emission, letting them know the environmental impact that their uh, forthcoming journey is going to have. So along with that, we enable people to also uh, you know, uh, reduce their uh, environmental impact and uh, or otherwise uh, you know, manage it by supporting community-led climate action projects. So uh, overall, it's been more than uh, three and a half years of our, uh, you know, existence since 2000 of uh, 2019 when we officially registered our company, and uh, we've been hosting people at uh, very uh, close to nature uh, stays, which are you know mostly uh, you know camp accommodation, sustainable homestays, uh, which are you know women owned or you know run and managed by the community centers. So. It's been a great experience hosting more than almost, uh, you know, almost reaching 10,000 people now. So uh, that's been the experience for us in Northeast India. Okay, that's great to hear and it's making me want to plan a trip really soon. So before we get into the questions, a huge congratulations to you for raising a funding of 1 crore rupees. That's quite commendable. Thank you. It was uh, our first and obviously very, you know, it was a very, it's a very big milestone that we've uh, cracked. So very happy about it. Yes, amazing. I'm sure you have a lot to share about your experiences. So let's get to the questions. The first question is that how should startups go about looking for the right investors or looking for investors in general? What's the process? How do they know who to tap and uh, which are the networks? I feel, you know, before a startups, you know, uh, reach out to the investors, it's important to understand uh, which uh, stage of uh, the you know, startup building uh, you know, process they are in. Right? Uh, essentially, as the you know, startup is uh, working on a proof of concept, uh, mostly the startups should uh, you know, look for the uh, grants and uh, the other ecosystem support that is available. Right. So always, uh, you know, going to the ecosystem support and through them, you know, reaching out to investors is much uh, more, uh, uh, much better a process than to individually start shooting uh, cold emails to uh, the investing community or the investors, because uh, uh, each investors also have a lot of portfolio that they take care of. So most probably most of the time. Uh, if uh, uh, you know it's not going through a certain ecosystem support, it might get lost in you know uh, uh, in the transfer process. Right? So 
beyond you know beyond a certain age uh, like you know at least like two years is a very good time by when the company is more formidable the business model is more tested it has uh, numbers to back it up uh, in a way that you know uh, the vision can always be large you know the vision should be large and it should be something which should not be very easy to achieve right but the business would have you know undergone certain process which makes the investors community also comfortable to invest right when they see the financial cash flow the projections everything should kind of you know tally at a certain point so i feel that reaching out before reaching out to investor one should do a granular research and try to understand the funding philosophy of each investing house uh, each investing house is very very different and uh, uh, from the uh, you know other right uh, maybe there are few investors who come in the realm of uh, impact investing uh, you know just to, just to, just a few that comes right. to mind uh, you know avana capital or uh, you know the ones who are focused upon esg goals and whereas you know there might be some other uh, you know ventures uh, or the investing uh, you know ventures which are uh, more focused upon the you know commercial aspect or the scalability potential of a certain technology or a certain business so understanding an investors investing philosophy and then fine tuning it with uh, the the startups uh, you know uh, uh, requirement or what the startup is uh, you know working upon uh, is very important so i would say first a granular research of uh, uh, these two things has to be done uh, one is obviously an external research the other is more of an internal discussion where we try to understand which investors would add the right uh, you know value to the you know startup as well and which investors would uh, probably uh, take in the uh, you know uh, like would be easy to sort of you know uh, uh, go forward with in terms of uh, uh, you know the pitch decks and the presentation right. and the, the rounds right uh, so basically do your research and know who you are approaching so that's great advice uh, similar to uh, you know this in the same vein you mentioned that 2 years is a good enough time uh, so what are the other metrics by which a founder should estimate whether they are ready to pivot from being bootstrapped to getting funded when is the right time how would they sort of gauge that while it depends upon you know product to product right it depends upon business to business but often times once you start having a sustainable cash flow right more important than anything in the initial phases that i feel for a startup is that uh, even the investing community is not uh, really looking at uh, you know uh, how much or how big a profit you are making right but are you staying unit profitable if scaled up can the startup reach you know profitability at a you know near term that thought process is always there right so even for a startup i think a healthy cash flow month on month a uh, 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 you know a consistency uh, or a consistent growth in the cash flow of the company month on month uh, uh, does give a significant does give a you know sort of a, an idea that the idea or the product that we are creating is working and then to scale it up is when uh, uh, an investor can come in and uh, even the investor is in, going to invest uh, because of that right so uh, yeah it's necessary that the processes are in place for a startup that the uh, you know processes have been figured out and then uh, you know the when the investing or the investment comes in then that investment can you know uh, start giving the you know desired uh, roi right i also uh, see 
that uh, you know many startups uh, uh, you know uh, feel that you know raising an investment equals to you know success uh, uh, for the product or success like success for the business model it's 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 actually not a you know a right for process you know uh, right. taking the money too early uh, uh, also means that uh, you know you have to sell out uh, 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 you know uh, all the equity that you you know like you know major part of the equity could, yeah. you know go out uh, and at that point in time rightly so because the valuation of the company might not really be so much because it's still very you know uh, right. it's just started off right so uh, i would say that an, a startup should re- start reaching out to the investing community once they are sure about their business potential and they are backed up with uh, successful you know uh, uh, numbers in terms of customers in terms of revenue uh, flow and uh, that's when they should reach out uh, the other thing is if you are innovating something which is uh, capital intensive uh, and you know uh, the, it just cannot come into the market without uh, 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 setting capital you know there are medical devices uh, there are yeah. uh, uh, in the realm of uh, ar vr uh, even uh, the thing that we are working upon these are very capital intensive uh, you know pro- products right so maybe for that you might want to you know you might need to reach out to the investing community so preparation again matters out there also like you know you cannot just uh, pitch with an idea only some kind of concept or some kind of uh, you know uh, prototype right Up, at least get to the prototype stage and then take it to an investor who can you know then not only buy the idea but also you know uh, have a sneak peek in the you know prototype and then you know connect the dots right so right i think those would be the two most uh, you know cases of you know, startups mm-hmm. uh, funding journey right it's fair to say that every entrepreneur goes through a certain number of rejections while pitching so what can a founder take away from each unsuccessful pitching attempt many a times founders get very uh, positive let's call it about their idea in the sense in the sense that they do not want to take no for an answer or Uh, they find it a little difficult when they are uh, when they are questioned uh, you know uh, like when their idea is questioned or you know right. uh, put in a, a little difficult situation which is done by investors also to see how clear the uh, you know the founder or the startup is about what they are doing so sometimes people uh, i i have found i've seen uh, startups getting or founders getting a little defensive uh, uh, a little defensive and uh, th- i think that those kind of mistakes can uh, really hamper Uh, not only on the short term but on the long term also even the next right. opportunities through word of mouth might kind of you know uh, not come up so hmm. uh, before uh, apart from that the uh, pitch uh, the whole storyline right many a times uh, the storyline is uh, a little here and there mm-hmm. and uh, and too much uh, of uh, you know uh, too much time in the initial phase is going into like the you know background story of how the startup began mm-hmm. uh, but if for our investors we got to value their time as well and if within the first 15 seconds or you know first 20 30 seconds uh, what we are doing is not clear to them then uh, we would have probably lost their interest so uh, the first uh, i i for me i believe that the first uh, 30 minute 30 seconds to 1 minute is very crucial to get the you know investor either hooked to the pitch or uh, you know uh, loses attention you know so i think valuing the investors time Uh, to sit for the pitch and listening to your ideas uh, is something again which should be practiced and uh, i think these were the few mistakes 
uh, uh, third thing that I saw uh, a lot of time is when people are asked about the market size and all, then you know usually the there are like the you know the TAM is like you know four hundred billion dollars, and uh, you know like as startups as initially we used to not have an idea how to put that number, right? But four hundred billion, uh, if we say it's our you know at total addressable market, I mean. So it obviously yeah. you know even at the investor level it feels okay, okay the person might not really have an idea as to you know how they've arrived at this number and many times uh, startups are questioned how have you arrived at this number right so the understanding of you know how that how to come up with that come up to the calculation uh, those are the words which sometimes uh, I, I see my fellow founders also you know uh, missing out on in the sense like the calculation of how to come to the market size, how to arrive at a market size. Mm-hmm. So those are the areas which a startup should be more clear about. Right. This is super helpful. I'm sure it will benefit a lot of the young founders that are tuning in, a lot of the aspiring founders that are tuning in. So now let's talk a little bit about strategy. So you are currently working on a calculator for carbon footprint and offset for travelers. It's been an integral part of your strategy and operations since the very beginning. So how did you arrive at the right business model? So uh, when we started off sustainable camping scene in Northeast India, then we could see the kind of resulting environmental impact that our operations were having because we were located at a very extremely close to nature like for example just to give a visualization from you know uh, river sites to you know forest areas to you know uh, uh, the hilltops so we were kind of hosting people at these places and when we saw that uh, our hosting you know uh, was resulting into waste uh, for or pollution at those places then it pushed us into thinking how we could make it uh, you know zero waste you know uh, travel experience or a zero waste accommodation alternative accommodation space so that's how we started initially and uh, at that point in time uh, we were very early to you know think about technology or think about technology to come in and uh, how we could how we could improve this with technology right so we started from a very basic level and then we when we did when we started doing that then we learned a lot more of how actually a travel enterprise uh, could have a larger sustainable impact in the you know geography of its operations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike any, unlike most of the other industries, travel has a huge scope for sustainable impact in the communities that you know we host mm-hmm. uh, the travelers at. So, mm-hmm. when the pandemic struck, that's when we uh, you know started uh, our you know our research and development and started you know developing the travel carbon footprint calculator that's when we took you know by that time we had understanding on the ground level our projects were running at the ground level community to community accommodations to accommodations it it takes time and we were able to do that you know we were able to start from one two and then we were extending so while the physical part was you know going on strong then we also had the covid struck us and uh, while that stopped the physical effort but it gave us a lot of time to focus on the R&D and the technical aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that's when we got into the you know entire carbon emission calculation mechanism how to connect it with the community led you know climate action and uh, you know in that period of the pandemic we were incubated at uh, aic smu tbi and uh, you know through the mentorship we got there uh, it was a more than a six month long program where we got a mentorship so through those mentorship we refined the idea and then ultimately we are able to now you know even now we tested our first mvp first uh, you know uh, user launch in yeah. a small way and it has been a very successful test we are again testing it at zero festival in arunachal pradesh where oh, wow. we actually started in 2018 our our test for the business our test for the travel business was done in 2018 in zero okay uh, and uh, only after the successful test we registered our company so uh, this test also is happening in zero this year uh, it's scheduled for september uh, month right. of september so we are looking at a very uh, getting a user feedback and then taking that into the product so so that we could do the final launch as well so i think in the in the entire process of uh, you know carbon emission calculation it is the need of the r because we come from a place which is the second most biodiverse hotspot in india okay on and on a similar note how should a startup go about doing a need gap analysis while they are working on their business models and plans i think uh, it's like we did the two research one was for the travel product that we were building the digital assistant so we did a lot of focused interviews with uh, you know new people who we haven't hosted yet we did a focused interview with the guest that we had host already so you know from past and campus to you know potential and campus we were doing a lot of interviews physical sessions during the pandemic it was we had all the time in the world but we didn't have the physical uh, you know connect but right. thanks to thanks to you know zoom and you know other platforms we could connect over video calls and it gave us enough time to do the whole surveys and put the numbers in place so when we did that we understood that travelers want to have the you know power of choice in their hands right, right now right now when they go through any you know website to book a northeast uh, uh, you know experience for themselves they have to either you know buy a certain package that is already put in out put there together. Yeah. Uh, put together already put together out there does not have the customization uh, uh, possibility does not take into consideration the interest of the traveler i mean the traveler might be interested to stay by the waterfall but that itinerary or the package might not have that so they were they were feeling there was a sense of restriction that i have to buy whatever is there right there's no price transparency i have to you know go ahead with whatever is right so the freedom was not in the travelers uh, you know hand right then we started this we started with entire customized itineraries and we started working on whatsapp even before we build the product even before we started building the product rather to say we had already hosted more than 1500 travelers in northeast india and while we developed the product also we are continuing to work with whatsapp and hosted today at this date and hour we hosted more than you know 9000 people you know in excess of 9000 people through whatsapp communication now the the what has happened is when we took that whatsapp data into our digital assistant and we saw there was a certain pattern there was a certain visible pattern in the way the user journey should flow right so 
getting this uh, getting this pattern from an individual's thought process versus observing the pattern through the past data uh, data always wins right right because uh, my ideas can always be biased because of my personal nature but the data is not biased the data tells you what it is and what you should uh, go forward with so that way that is how you know we came from the interview phases the market research focus interviews to actual customers uh, uh, you know actual paying customers right so like manali has come in with conversated over whatsapp and manali has you know booked her experience traveled with us the entry and the concierge everything has been done through whatsapp right so there's there's a lot of data out there okay and how can founders estimate a market size before they launch a product or service i think uh, there are obviously you know some secondary research available for most of the industries right there are uh, there are reputed uh, you know uh, market research firms there are uh, reports from you know, google and bain and co right so extrapolating the current you know the beachhead market right? i think it's more important to know what your beachhead market is first of all rather than knowing what the global market is now the global market is uh, uh, will look always very big right right but the beachhead market is is the actual market that where you are making the you know where you are earning the initial uh, you know money or you know right. initial customers are coming to you for this market so understanding the beachhead market first of all where which is my beachhead market and uh, how much is the size of that right what can i do here and how fast can i cover say at least 30% mm-hmm. of the market right if i can have a 30% market share then you know uh, i could be doing this much in revenue and then extrapolating it with the other you know market research numbers and you know putting it on a global figure helps like for example you know how you know how we measure our market size and we keep it very real in front of investors also we don't put up very big numbers which is hard to digest Yeah. Or, or or actually might be true but uh, you know it's beyond our scope of uh, you know like beyond our scope of reach at this moment in time uh, so we keep it very real on an average like you know a traveler spends around on a travel uh, on a travel experience they spend around 15000 uh, uh, rupees on an average and uh, you know mostly they take around you know two to three such trips right the experiential travel segment basically the tra- target segment that we cater to right and and there are like 60 lakh uh, such experiential travelers in india alone right so this gives me uh, you know enough numbers to make my calculations of my market size so on right. the beachhead market on the beachhead market where i'm operating the in a you know uh, even in a year there are almost like say 30 lakh uh, travelers traveling right uh, 30 lakh travelers coming in right now out of this 30 lakh some percentage would be experiential travelers some would be business travelers so we take all of that into consideration and put in the numbers right so out of 60 lakh say if 10 lakhs is our customer and they are traveling in northeast and our say average uh, you know product price is for example price at say what 1500 rupees right right so that 1500 into you know the 10 lakhs gives us a certain number which gives us the you know 150 crores in the you know beachhead market of northeast india right mm-hmm. so when we are able to explain the market size that way when we are breaking it with uh, it should be a, a sort of a factor of uh, the price of your product 
right versus the number of uh, you know customers for that product in the market in the region and uh, you know the percentage at a certain percentage right usually it's 30% to 40% market share i mean uh, e- even the tatas and the adanis are not uh, going to have a 100% market share of uh, yes. everything right so so if if we calculate something where you know the entire market is ours then we are being very unreasonable with ourselves <laughs> right so so i think it's a, it's a, for for uh, you know for the ease of the uh, founders or startups it should be a factor of uh, the price of your product and the number of customers at a certain percentage of the market share i think gives you a good uh, idea of the you know market size and uh, one more advice uh, you know since uh, you know on the market size topic it is not uh, what the investor is trying to uh, you know uh, understand is not if you have the right market numbers in this the right numbers there's no right answer to that actually to when you, when someone asks you what is the market size there's actually no one right answer right it's more of the thought process and the way you come to this how have you arrived at this calculation should be the important thing uh mm-hmm. you know first for the you know startups and also that's how the investors will also be looking at it because uh, practically there's no right answer right, right. like a bainenko would yeah. give you another number bcg might correct. give you another number correct correct yes right. absolutely that's that's really insightful advice uh, this is turning into a masterclass of sorts for uh, young founders and i'm very very happy so let's move on to the next topic which is incubation Right? right so now encamp uh, adventures is incubated at aic smu tbi how should a startup go about uh, choosing an incubator what are the factors that they should consider when we connected with uh, aic smu tbi it was from the perspective of getting the kind of valued mentorship so <clears throat> often times i've seen many startups all founders be more inclined to will be get funds or not okay. the end goal the end goal cannot be funding or the end goal cannot be funds right so that's that's the first red flag that one should you know draw that you know don't go to an incubator or or a, you know a support system looking for funds right don't go to them just looking for funds obviously right. the funds is one of the important areas yeah. that a startup needs yeah. not uh, you know having when when a when a startup or a founder especially is very short sighted with just focusing on funds then what happens is their participation in the entire program is uh, you know a little sort of not there right? yeah so yeah. going with you know aic smu tbi the mentorship the pool of mentors most of the mentors were from you know out of northeast they had their own expertise in certain areas we got to connect with the likes of uh, you know the cto at uh, make my trip uh, you know parikshit choudhury if i remember uh, the name uh, to you know the likes of uh, uh, you know from seniors from let's venture right uh, giving us eshop lessons uh, you know understanding about eshop and you know connecting uh, giving us tools as well i mean not only mentorship but also giving us tools like the one of the tools of you know let's venture which is the strika you know how to basically share the eshop and which is a, the very uh, a startup founder at the initial stage does not understand the eshop implications or the equity mm. sell implications right. so so 
those should be the more those should those are more valuable uh, uh, thing for a startup founder to understand than just the funds right so focusing on the mentorship being active being active during the course of the program being communicative during the course of the sessions being inquisitive and asking questions with no inhibitions i mean no one no matter how uh, great your product is doing or how bad your product is doing or you know how how the situation might be for you taking each session as they come having you know participating talking connecting with the mentors post the session over linkedin you know building a you know a recall you know a, like a, 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 the, the post the session if the you know if the mentor can remember you and you know connect with you over linkedin it always helps to build the network right, right? so the ecosystem or the incubator basically facilitates that session what we make out of it is like it's basically our job to it's it's basically us who take away from that right Correct. so i mean uh, i've had uh, uh, fantastic sessions at ascs mtbi for the program connected with uh, some of the you know great marketing heads of rezapi uh, you know vedanta you know and we are connected mm-hmm. on linkedin now you get to follow them you know get to take suggestions from them with marketing right. and many a times they just give you such valuable feedbacks on what you are thinking and you know uh, this is the you know that is what is helping the startup grow basically right, right? so focus on the mentorship focus on the connects focus on building the network because right. today's network counts and third this be participative and apply for the opportunities that come your way i mean yeah. as a startup founder learn to face no learn to face rejections there's no uh, you know you don't lose anything there's actually nothing to lose there are so many opportunities coming from say you know the startup india from the you know seed fund scheme so many schemes and but the startups are not applying for it yeah at many places the startups are not applying for it and uh, they are not even aware of it at times you know many a programs i've seen that the uh, the the startup founders that i work with you know like my colleagues and all like they are not aware that such a opportunity has come because they are not following the right places right right so the incubator i think even at you know vadwani foundation and all the incubator builds a certain uh, thing for you now you have to build that uh, sort of uh, 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 what do you call it you build a certain network yeah. where information flows to you basically right 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 so those were those are the things uh, you know just focusing on funds will be a different uh, yeah yeah it'll only get you somewhere uh, only get you somewhere and you know the thing is that uh, what happens is i've seen many a times uh, startups also wait for the funding to come before building anything on the product that's a big uh, you know that's a big negative because uh, uh, that's a big negative because i mean you, if you don't if uh, no, no one's saying that the final product needs to be you know you know ready before you come for the incubator no right even a prototype is okay not even a yeah. prototype even a prototype that works right uh, even even that bit if you can crack then also you can keep on building from there slow and steady right like the mvps need not be really everything yeah so uh, many a times i've seen uh, founders are down you know waiting for the seed funds scheme to come then we will make the product so that means you what you're not you know the, the most important thing that that way we are losing out is the time yeah because 
time to test the product time to test your idea and get some that time is most valuable uh, the fund actually correct Right. So you've given an insight into not only the factors to consider while joining an incubator, but also how to get the maximum value out of your incubation duration. So that's great. You've given an uh, uh, added aspect to uh, what we were discussing. So now let's talk about networks and partnerships, right? Encamp Adventures works with a number of camp partners in an attempt to standardize the travel experience that you offer. Now, how should a startup go about creating a very solid network of partners? So I think it all starts from a very um, simple yet fundamental exercise, which is called the stakeholder mapping, right? Mm -hmm. In the entire gamut of the travel industry for us, uh, it might be different for others. In the entire gamut of the industries that we are working on, there are multiple stakeholders involved. So we got to map the stakeholders, who is connecting to which stakeholder, right? Once we do the stakeholder mapping, then we know whose motivations are what, uh, who can add what value at which, uh, you know, uh, at which, uh, you know, funnel or at which uh, level, right? Like, for example, in a very simplified, uh, you know, uh, alternative accommodation space, there's a local who has a, a great, uh, you know, experience of the place knowledge of the place is you know sustainably you know living right now he does not have the marketing expertise or he does not have the uh, infrastructure or the funds yeah. to lay out that infrastructure right so his positives are some the negatives are some right? right then there is there is a company like for example encamp which is uh, wanting to host travelers at this offbeat locations or take them to these orbit locations so he connects with them right there are local guides which facilitated the other experiences so we pull them together in the you know stakeholders then we there is a marketing you know then we market it but on the other side there are other companies which want to also host at such locations which are based out in say delhi mumbai bangalore all kind of places right yeah so there are these stakeholders at each levels right so connecting those stakeholders so that each one in the stake in the value chain is uh, you know benefited it's, it should be a sort of a win-win situation for each one if we can achieve that uh, sort of a balance then mm -hmm. the uh, the flow of uh, business becomes uh, you know driven from all sides so uh, you know there are there are customers who come to you directly then there are b2b companies which come to you who want to host their guests with you so when they come to us then we take it to our local partners whom we facilitated with uh, you know, uh, infrastructure and the marketing and the you know, sort of the sustainable practices uh, training so those things like those are the stakeholders that need to be coming together right but one thing we've learned is working with local communities right is uh, more very it's very um, uh, the detail is in establishing a trust and keeping that trust supporting them and not from you know not in a, with an intention of you know just exploiting their resources for your business right so that is very very important when you are when you are working with the kind of partners that we are working with at the very local community level right. uh, because they are at many times they are very you know gullible to exploitations 
exploitations in the terms of business interest right so right. keeping interest intact and doing business drives a uh, you know purposeful business so today these uh, stakeholders are the people on the ground which are taking forward our efforts around environmental True. projects and conservation projects as well so that's how i think uh, uh, the whole stakeholder mapping will help each startup you know figure out the value chain right right absolutely absolutely now you are based in guwahati where the startup ecosystem is still fledgling what would you say are the advantages or disadvantages of being located in a place where the ecosystem is still emerging i think uh, uh, i i'll talk about the advantages first uh, because being in northeast india is often considered as uh, a negative sort of uh, you know many many of us or many of our friends in the startup ecosystem are uh, you know even now you know victims of their own thought process that we are from northeast so we cannot build technologies or we are from northeast so we cannot do that we don't have this resource or we don't have that resource we don't have the network like bangalore does or you know uh, the technology that hyderabad has right so that kind of comparison uh, sort of leads to you know less people trying to innovate uh, you know very technical products right but those who do have an advantage because there are very few people doing it right so when you are doing it then you sort of you sort of you know differentiate you become a sort of a little differentiated right so that's okay. the that's how i will say a disadvantage turns into an advantage if mm-hmm. you are able to execute and build something which is you know innovative the second thing about the advantage is the fact that it's emerging means that there's also a lot of support coming in for the northeast region like for example if you look at the startup uh, uh, the startup uh, india platform there are many uh, you know many uh, programs which are targeted towards northeastern region and northeastern startups women from northeastern region or social impact startups in northeastern region right many programs keep on coming right so those are like those are focused upon the northeastern startups so the competition becomes a little easier right so while in the initial phase so you're competing within your community of startups and yeah. you know you 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 sort of have a better chance of qualifying to a certain round or you know qualifying as right. a success right, right. Uh, in comparison to if it was the all the same you know a startup from here being you know uh, competing with someone in bangalore who has more the time and resources then it would not be very easy yeah. so be what is reason that is a, a you know a thing i'll put one example also which i think should make sense to other startups when we apply for the north uh, national startup awards which startup india has year on year there are a few questions and there are a few things that you know are you uh, you know which takes into consideration if you are a social impact organization you have a plus point there if you are a, a northeastern uh, you know region or a startup which is working in the northeastern region or mm-hmm. promoting northeastern region right so then there is a support there is a plus point for you right so those are again advantages right, right. Uh, uh, even on the marketing assistance you would be uh, uh, not aware maybe for the tra- travel and tourism but organizations which are working for the promotion of travel and tourism in the northeast and jammu and kashmir 
uh, at a certain scale, not like very national, but at a certain scale, there are criterias, but they do receive marketing assistance uh, from the uh, uh, you know Ministry of Tourism Government of India. So if you see being from northeastern region or being from Guwahati, which is you know one of the you know commercial hubs of northeast region, these are also these are the advantages. Right. there are support for the region so you need to kind right. of you know be there in front and apply for it right no one can apply for that and apply that for yeah. you yourself the uh, <coughs> disadvantage again is that <coughs> the amount of time it takes for a product to be built and churned out and taken into the market in say in a place like bangalore and delhi that is a little more here one because of the dearth of technical resource right good qualified ones are working for the likes of googles and you know facebooks in gurgaon and hyderabad and bangalore here and there right there's a technical dearth out here and the second option is that since now it's a virtual world so you know, why not get resources from outside so at the outsource team level what happens is the deliveries are and the uh, timelines are haywire sometimes there are you know uh, uh, situations where the products are not delivered as communicated there are conflicts so such kind of things you know delay the entire you know process and lead to loss of hard earned you know uh, revenue business revenue right in the product so i think technically we see there's a you know certain disadvantage right uh, apart from that now the ecosystem is uh, thriving in the sense even in northeast india <coughs> sorry even in northeast india the startup ecosystem is thriving now very recently you know the startup ecosystem at meghalaya at assam the as uh, the ecosystem at aics mtbi there are some major things happening out there which uh, are very big right and uh, uh, just to sum it up you know even though we are from guwahati uh, we are you know uh, through aicsm utbi's uh, you know support and mentorship we've got uh, an opportunity to pitch our product to marico innovation fund right oh. that's so big we we've got opportunities to pitch at sap ariba we got selected we got supported and mentored by you know cii uh, you know ahmedabad right uh, this was also from through aic support and okay. the uh, you know hdfc bank undp there's so much support that we are getting today so practically it's a virtual world so uh, yeah. uh, nothing is so limiting more than the victim mindset i believe that we need to change for northeast region the first uh, and the most important aspect is changing that victim mindset and making people believe that you can innovate from here and for the world not only for northeast region right many a times many times startups have this uh, sort uh, you know uh, thought process that we don't have so many customers so basically they're building the product keeping the local market only right. in mind right right, right. that the obviously the market size looks big the adoption looks lo- low small the the population major part of the population is probably not well connected on the internet or you know the network connectivity issues are there so it does not plan out but if you look at the broader vision if you look at building something which is which could become a global product or a you know a pan india product then the whole product development aspect only changes right so i think that mindset change is the first thing that we in northeast india need 
and if we change that mindset then i think there's a lot to achieve from here okay that's a very balanced perspective and i really like how you took the disadvantages and turned them into advantages we see more and more of uh, startups as well as incubation centers coming out of the northeast so i hope the ecosystem only continues to evolve and strengthen uh, i'm also you know mentoring a few uh, of the you know uh, incoming uh, you know female founders in the city of guwahati so this is just uh, uh, taking them through the journey of how to kind of you know go into the ecosystem and you know uh, get their startups uh, out there right so uh, in case i can be of help to any startups oh, yeah. then uh, i can drop my email id and contact details with you i'll be more than happy to share my learnings and in the process get to learn about what they are you know working upon it would be exciting to help each other and grow from it and lastly what's new at encamp adventures what are you working on apart from the you know itinerary you know uh, building tool that uh, we've already discussed you know we are working on the you know uh, ar vr aspect so where uh, the focus is on uh, you know how the ar tools or the vr tool that we are enabling could become a tool of you know sustainable tourism in northeast india right so there's a upcoming program of uh, ais smu tbi where uh, you know uh, their uh, meta and uh, the meti hub is uh, supporting startups uh, in this space so uh, we are working on the uh, the first of all our priority is the you know vr uh, technology so once we crack that then we would be also extending it to the augmented reality so that's that's what is going on new it's it's still in the r&d phase but uh, very excited to share about it and uh, very soon you would get to see something probably amazing i look forward to it with that we come to an end of this episode of the vatvani viewpoint podcast with ratan kumar the founder and ceo of encamp adventures we've spoken about fundraising business models incubation networks and partnerships and the ecosystem in northeast india thanks again for tuning in my name is manali shah and i'll see you in the next one